There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Well, thank you once again for tuning into the podcast. We certainly like to welcome each and every one of our listeners. We're certainly thankful for each and every one of you. I guess school is full back in swing for many of our homeschoolers, Christian schoolers alike. We thank God for that. Those of you going to public school, school's been back in for several days. And now the nice thing about homeschooling is we can kind of take off when we need and work when we need and do the school when we need. But it's important that our children get that schooling done and they do it well. They learn how to read. They learn how to write. They learn math. They learn these things. And by the way, the importance of reading and writing is they can read the King James Bible and they can correspond with others about the Word of God. Absolutely, that's important. And so we appreciate each and every one of you. We appreciate the mothers that labor with the children. And we heard a young lady listens to the podcast just graduated about a week and a half ago. And we thank the Lord for that. Congratulations to that young lady. And uh, we certainly appreciate uh, her listening, appreciate her family listening. And we want to be a help. We want to be a blessing. In Matthew 26, we want to try to rightly divide the word of truth. I'm not going to dig real deep here in the book of Matthew. I thought about going back into the Psalms and going back into other areas. We will look when it talks about prophecy. We'll look at those things distinctly. Uh, Although I see the garden in the Psalms, I see a couple of places. I'm pretty sure that's Jesus Christ praying. And he's in the garden there, but I'm not going to go back into that. I'm just going to cover what we're looking at here, Uh, a general Bible study concerning these things. I feel like it's the Lord wants us to do. We've talked about him drinking that cup and giving that bread. And then they sung that hymn in verse 30. They went out into the Mount of Olives and such begins one of the most tender times in the history of the world. That time when Jesus Christ, the son of God is about to be offered. And he submits himself to the will of the Father in this. We see that. We see him go out knowing he's going to be taken, knowing he's going to be slain, and yet he goes anyway. And what a blessing that is to know. What a blessing it is to know him. How we thank the Lord for the Lord Jesus Christ and how we praise him. He goes out into the Mount of Olives, then saith Jesus unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. Now we know again a prophecy of Zechariah, and we see that so often with that great prophet of God. Chapter 13 and verse 7, Awake, O sword, against my shepherd, against the man that is my fellow. saith the Lord of hosts, Smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered. And I will turn mine hand upon the little ones, and it shall come to pass, that in all the land, saith the Lord, two parts therein shall be cut off and die, but the third shall be left therein. And so we understand the word of God. We understand some of that prophecy is still to come. Some of it was fulfilled in the garden that day. And Jesus Christ quotes that scripture because when the shepherd is smitten, the flock certainly scattered that day. But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. 
Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. And yet Peter still didn't believe God. He still didn't believe the word of God. He still didn't have his understanding open. He had seen Jesus Christ transfigured on the mount. He had walked with God. He'd been with him his entire earthly ministry. Yet Peter still did not have his understanding open. He could not understand what God said. But then when God opens his understanding, the Lord Jesus Christ gives him understanding. In Acts chapter 2, he begins to fulfill these prophecies with the word of God, expounding unto us the Savior all through the scripture. Why? Because his understanding was open. By the way, that's why you read after many of these writers. And I'm not one to judge, but I'm just stating a fact. You have the many of these writers, and they do not see Christ in Scripture. They do not understand rightfully dividing the word of truth. And why is that? It may be they don't have understanding. They do not have their understanding open. They're lost men masquerading as religious zealots. They're well known in their writings. And many times they just write heresies. Many of them today, many of the popular preachers today, are just absolute heretics. They don't believe the Word of God. They don't believe the King James Bible is the Word of God. Therefore, they don't believe the Word of God. And they go out there propagating fool's gold to people. Oh, it looks wonderful. It sounds wonderful. It's so educated. It's so smart. And they're so whimsical in their thinking. And oh, it's just marvelous to listen to. But they don't believe the Word of God. And so it is. Peter says, I'll not deny thee. I'll never be offended. Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that this night before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. Peter said to him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise also said all the disciples. Now, Peter didn't realize he was speaking the truth. He was going to die for his sake. He was going to die with Christ, but he was going to be crucified with Christ. And yet, nevertheless, he was going to live. And he said, No, we'll not deny him. They all said, We'll not deny him. All the disciples said this. Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane. And it's interesting. They all said they would not be ashamed of him. They would all not deny him, but then they couldn't even stay awake. And that's not me being critical. I've been there myself. I know what it's like. All the zealousness of the world and all the zealotry you have. And you're going to pour your heart into this and pour your soul into this. I'm going to do this. And then you fall asleep. And so that's just the reality of flesh. It's the reality of man. Come with Jesus with them into a place called Gethsemane and saith to the disciples, sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee. Began to be sorrowful and very heavy. There's that heaviness that's upon him. That's his soul cast down. Uh, that's when he began to be a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. That's when he began his strong crying and tears in the days of his priesthood. He began that man of sorrows. And he begins to sorrow in the garden. Begins to sorrow over that cup. Begins to sorrow over my sin, over your sin, the sins of the whole world. And he's very heavy because death is going to come upon him. And not just that physical death either, that second death. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And so he tells them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful. Why? Because that same soul is going to be offered for sin. That same soul is going to be the offering for your sin and for my sin. That Lamb of God is going to shed his blood and then offer his soul on the altar for you and for me. And my friend, we live in a day when men have argued that point and broken fellowship over that point and denied that point and made light of that point, had many over the years. They've withstood us so strong, even denounced us as heretics for preaching the soul of Jesus Christ as an offering for sin in the very flames of hell. But my friend, if you believe a King James Bible, when Peter expounds Acts 2 and 27, 
And he's expounding Psalm 16 and 10. And he's clarifying the scriptures that his soul would not be left in hell. Neither would his holy one see corruption. And my friend, we see that according to the scriptures. We see that as fulfilled. Peter explains that to us. And they shake their head and say, no, that's not the truth. Now, why was a soul so heavy? Any man could bear a crucifixion. I've seen those videos, never been there myself, thank God. I've seen videos of places like Venezuela and Mexico and the Philippines. We're on Easter, usually what they call Good Friday. A man goes out and he'll be crucified, he'll be nailed to a cross. And sometimes they can endure it for three or four hours on that cross. And they'll be put up in the city and people will come and worship and they'll throw reeds at his feet. And the reason a man does that is for monetary gain because... He then has realized he's a picture of Christ's suffering and, and folks come and give him money and give him food and it's an offering to him because he has borne the cross of Christ and yet a man can endure that. So why is Jesus Christ so exceedingly sorrowful even unto death? Why is his soul sorrowful? He's a fear to the cross. He's a, a fear to those things that will come upon him. Fear has overwhelmed him with the physical suffering. Men have suffered great, or can I say to you, men have suffered greater things in this world in which we live in. And my friend, and they've survived and lived and lived to tell about it. You say greater sufferings, third degree burns over 90% of their body. Their eyelids burned away. Their mouth covering burned away. And men have endured the scrubbings in the burn center for 9 to 10 to 12 weeks at a time where every day they scrub the dead skin off their body. And they lay there screaming in agony. And they put plastic over that. And they put all the antibiotics in their system. And they do what they can to try to alleviate the pain. But they lay there in absolute torture and agony week after week after week. And I've seen interviews, especially war burn victims, where they were so burned. And yet they lived. And they couldn't see. Their eyesight was gone. And their lips were gone. And they were just mutilated by birds. They suffered great agony and suffering for weeks and months on end. But his soul was exceedingly sorrowful. The same crowd that teaches that suffering was his physical death is the same crowd that teaches that he was a man. He was a carpenter's son. He was a strong man. He set his face like a flint. Then why was he exceedingly sorrowful if he set his face like a flint to face physical death? Why was his soul so sorrowful? Well, he was going to be made sin for us. That's why. And he was going to be offered for our sin. And there are heretics out there that deny that. There are heretics out there that deny that. They said the atonement, when he said it is finished, the atonement was complete. It's heresy. Why is it heresy? Because that's not the work that he finished. His death was completed. His death was finished. His death of his body, the offering of that body on the cross was completed. They say everything was done that was needed except the blood on the mercy seat, the resurrection of Christ, the offering of his soul. All those things needed to take place. And his soul was offered for sin. And that's why his soul is exceedingly sorrowful in the garden. He's facing something that no other man has ever faced, no other man will ever face. He's going to bear the sins of the whole world. He's going to bear the iniquity of us all. The Lord is going to lay on him the iniquity of us all. And he is going to bear that, and he's going to bear that, and he's going to take it and offer it in the very steps of hell that you and I might be made free from sin. He's exceeding sorrowful. And so he tells them in this manner, as he prays, 
He went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass for me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Therefore, we see two wills, one of the father, one of the son. And I, I listen to people all the time. They cannot understand. They do not see two separate persons in the Godhead. I know people that believe there's three in one. They believe the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And some believe the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But the Word of God teaches the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. These three are one. And they can see that. They can kind of understand that. But what they do not understand is each one had his own personality. Each one had his own will. Each one had his own purpose in the Godhead. They cannot see that separation. They cannot see three distinct persons. And therefore, they can understand why he had a will and the father had a will. They do not see that. Do not. Listen, I'm not saying I understand it, but I believe it as much as I'm sitting here recording this podcast. He gave his will to the father there. Not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he comes unto the disciples and findeth them asleep. These are those that are not going to deny him. He says unto Peter, what, could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray. Did you enter not into temptation, but the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Oh, what a tremendous statement. People use that to justify their sin all the time. Well, the spirit was willing, the flesh was weak. They couldn't even watch and pray one hour with him in the garden. It's late. We're in the middle of the night by this time. And he's there in agony. He's there suffering. He's about to be offered. He's about to die. And there he is in turmoil. There he is. Horror hath overwhelmed him. His soul is exceeding sorrowful. They could not watch with him. But they're the ones that said they would not deny him. So he tells him the flesh is weak. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. If there's any other way to do this, Lord God, then let's do it now. But if there's no other way, go ahead and give me that cup and thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then cometh he to his disciples and saith unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hand of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. He's done in the garden. He's heading to the cross. Bless his holy name. Thank the Lord for the Lord Jesus Christ. He gave his will to the Father. And there in the garden as he prayed, he gave himself to God and offered himself to be delivered. And now Judas, the priest, all of religion is in the garden awaiting to take him. And tomorrow will be there in the scriptures as Judas betrays the Lord Jesus Christ. Have a great day. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning and he longs to return to the Lord. As he cries for forgiveness and mercy, God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes. Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, 
And we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing For the prodigal child has come home And the saints all with gladness are singing The glorious song of the redeemed